1: You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Schloimi Balsam.
2: Hello and welcome to The Therapy Podcast. Today, we are getting seriously depressed. Let's talk a little bit about depression. Now, from the top, depression is described as having a low mood or an aversion to activity. That's called anhedonia. Anhedonia is where a person has no interest in activities that normally make people happy. If someone has major depressive disorder, MDD, or dysthymia, which is like an ongoing, never-ending depression, depression can be a normal reaction to life events. If someone has uh, experienced the loss of a loved one or a physical disease disease, it can also be a side effect of some drugs or medical treatments. Depression affects a person's thoughts, behaviors, motivations, his feelings, his sense of well-being, his self-esteem, self-worth. There are a number of things that can cause depression, and it's incredibly common. In the United States, it's estimated that there are, well, in the world, there's something like 300 million people, mostly women, who suffer from depression. There's like a depression pandemic going on here. More than half of the people with depression don't actually get help for their disorder just because of the stigma of going to therapy and admitting that they're suffering from depression. It can be caused by childhood adversity, like uh, bereavement, neglect, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglectful parenting, um fighting with siblings in an unhealthy way there is a significant correlation between childhood abuse and adult depression Depression could also be caused by a life event a childbirth menopause financial difficulties unemployment stress for it could be from work education family living conditions it could be a medical diagnosis if someone finds out they have a debilitating a really bad medical situation a bullying can cause depression the loss of a loved one national disasters social isolation rape relationship troubles jealousy separation or a catastrophic injury adolescents are especially prone to experiencing depressed moods um because they can find themselves in environments of social rejection peer pressure or bullying covid 19 did not help depression at all And there was a huge surge in levels of depression. The levels of clinical depression from 2019 to 2020, after the lockdown, it more than doubled. It was from uh, 14.9% in autumn of 2019 to 34.7% in in May-June area of 2020. This shows just how much uh, life events can affect depression. A person's personality or social environment can also cause depression and can affect his levels of happiness. If a person has a uh, high score on neuroticism, that can make depressive symptoms far more likely to develop. And if a person is an introvert and lacks that social, interpersonal aspect of their life, that can make them more prone to depression. Social media and our artificial communication mediums nowadays can very likely be a significant cause of depression. Because people are now lacking face-to-face, real people time. Alcohol can be a depressant. Uh, It slows down some regions of the brain like the prefrontal and temporal cortex and negatively affects rationality and memory. It lowers the level of serotonin in the brain, which could potentially lead to higher chances of depression mood. In general, we think of uh, partying with alcohol, but in fact, it's not that clean and cut. There are serious depressive aspects to alcohol imbibation drinking. Bullying is definitely a cause for depression, children and adults for that matter, who are exposed to daily abusive behaviors are very likely to experience a depressed mood that day. Interestingly, studies show that bystanders and the people who aren't actually the victim of the bullying turn out to be as equally depressed as the victim himself, just by being exposed to that social abuse. And we're not necessarily talking about kids. We're talking about workplace environments. To find out, to measure a person's depression status, there is the Beck Depression Inventory and the Patient Health Questionnaire. These are um, self-report skills that a therapist can use, and it's a series of questions that address the, the state of depression of the client. A participant scoring between 0 and 13, or 0 to 4, respectively, in in that uh, scaling method, those are considered healthy individuals. There's also a way of testing depression mood using the IWP Multi-Effect Indicator, which is a psychological test that indicates various emotions like enthusiasm, depression, and asks for the degree of the emotions that the participant has felt in the past week. So this is a little more... Nuanced. Having a depressed mood will significantly reduce the possibility of divergent thinking because it reduces the fluency, the variety, and the extent of originality of the possible ideas generated. Your brain is really in a standstill. People who struggle with depressive disorders may have higher levels of creativity than a control group, than people without depression. But their depression is locking in their ability to think. Beyond, There are a number of different theories about depression. There's the cognitive theory of depression, the tripartite model of anxiety and depression, the behavioral theories of depression, evolutionary approaches to depression, biology of depression, and the epigenetics of depression. The bottom line is you have to deal with it, and it doesn't necessarily require professional treatment, uh, especially if it's a reaction to a, what is considered a normal life event. If it's going on for a really long time, then um, a psychiatric or medical help can be of benefit physical activity can have a protective offense, effect against depression emerging it decreases depressive symptoms because it releases neurotrophic proteins in the brain that helps rebuild the hippocampus that could be reduced due to the depression yoga has been found to elevate levels of depression but to reduce those levels there are a billion and one self-help books, which can help with motivation and lower stress and depressive symptoms. Even just nostalgia, looking back at old and fond memories, um, that's considered an alternative form of treatment, especially with older people who have long lives and they have a lot of wonderful memories to re-experience, and that can help with self-recognition and identifying, you know, f- familiar stimuli that makes them feel happier. Joining groups, societies, engaging in social activities is found to help with depression. Take down the stress levels. There's empirical evidence that if someone deals with his stress, stress, stress management techniques will raise a person's daily mood. There is a diagnosis called disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, or DMDD, which was originally created because there were way too many kids being diagnosed with bipolar. These kids were acting crazy and it was incredibly taxing on the parents, and they were showing symptoms of bipolar disorder. Some people call it bipolar light. DMDD is um, where a child has emotional dysregulation They have outbursts at it more than three times a week for a year straight, and uh, this begins before the age 10. Very often, those kids who were diagnosed with uh, bipolar as children grew up without any symptoms of bipolar. So they digressed and created DMDD, which is a persistent, angry, irrational mood. It looks like anxiety or major depressive disorder in adulthood. Dysthymia, otherwise known as persistent depressive disorder, this is where a person has low-grade but chronic depression. It goes on for at least two years, and he's just blah for a really long time. It's not PMS. Um, it's depressed mood, uh, mood swings, anxiety, sleep disturbances. He's tired, undereating or overeating. Those would be symptoms of uh, PMS for women between uh, 25 to 50. But over there, the week before a period would be really bad, and afterwards, it would begin to improve. There are two parts to depression. There's the dysphoria, which is actually a a Latin word for chewing. It's when you just ruminate on the bad stuff. It's a dysphoria. It's a reliving bad thoughts and just bathing in the bad The second aspect of depression is anhedonia, where a person just has no ability to feel pleasure. Hedony means chasing pleasure. So anhedonia is when a guy's just staying in bed, he's not socializing, lack of hygiene, and like doing anything is just tiring. Andre Solomon said that the opposite of depression is vitality. A person who's depressed, like even chewing, is too exhausting. Now there is a, one of the most common depressive diagnoses is major depressive disorder or MDD. This diagnosis spikes at puberty, but you can even find it at in 2-year-olds. It peaks at in you know in the 20s. There can be a heritable aspect. There's like a 40% likelihood of a child of someone with MDD to have depressive issues. Traumatic events and adverse childhood experiences are a big cause. And plant the seeds for MDD. In order to diagnose someone with MDD, they have to be both depressed and lose their interest and pleasure. So um, some of the qualifications or criteria are a depressed mood every day, diminished interest in activity, a, a flux in their weight, hypersomnia, which is sleeping way too much or insomnia or not being able to sleep psychomotor agitation fatigue worthlessness or inappropriate guilt the reoccurrence of thoughts of death and indecisiveness there is a ton of specifiers with mdd Uh, could be with anxious distress with mixed features like a little bipolar melancholy features psychotic features catanonia which is uh, an immobility Partum onset, seasonal patterns where, depending on the weather, there'll be different moods. 10% of adults have been prescribed antidepressants. That's insane. But 10 people in a room, one guy there is on antidepressants. And that doesn't mean that the other ones aren't depressed, it means that they weren't diagnosed or haven't seeked help. It's more prevalent. Depression is more prevalent in developed countries, which is fascinating to make you think that we're chasing after all of these advances and to make our lives easier. And yet we find ourselves more depressed than ever. Suicide is more common in older white men. Anxiety is one and a half to three times more common with women. There is a, a psycho... Pharmaceutical approach to dealing with depression. So, again, we have 10% of people with depression taking drugs for it. There's a- a- MALI, which is monoamine oxidase inhibitors. For the last few minutes that we have, I want to discuss anhedonia a little bit to get a clearer idea of what it is and its role in depression. Again, it's a reduced motivation or ability to experience pleasure. There's low motivation, desire for anything. A lower consumatory pleasure, doesn't like anything. The DSM puts anhedonia with depressive disorder, but also with substance-related disorders, psychotic disorders, personality disorders. This is where the person just doesn't want to do anything that's pleasurable. In PTSD patients skills measuring these symptoms correlate strongly with skills that measure more traditional aspects of anhedonia supporting the idea that anhedonia is an effective blunting a restricted range of uh, affect uh, emotional numbing or a flat affect there could be a number of neurobiological causes for anhedonia in the frontal cortex as a whole uh, particularly in the orbitofrontal cortex, the OFC, the striatum, the amygdala, the anterior cingulate cortex, the ACC, the hypothalamus, and the ventral tegmental area, the VTA. These are the parts of the brain that um, show reward. This lights up when a person is excited, when he earns something. So researchers theorize that maybe anhedonia is a result of a breakdown in the brain's reward system, Involving the neurotransmitter dopamine. About 70% of people with major depressive disorder have anhedonia. It's a core symptom of it. So even if a person doesn't have a lower depressed mood, but they're anhedonic, they could be diagnosed with depression depression often comes with weight loss which may just be a symptom of anhedonia because the person just doesn't have any interest in enjoying food anhedonia also interestingly shows up with schizophrenia people with schizophrenia report having fewer positive emotions than healthy individuals the difference is that with schizophrenics they do have that same positive effect when they do get a, a rewarding stimuli Maybe with monetary reward, uh, some studies show that there is some reduced responsiveness. It also shows up with uh, substance-related disorders, people who become dependent on drugs, alcohol, opioids, nicotine. Although it does become less severe over time, it's very high, it's highly predicted to relapse back into anhedonia. Um... Again, we said it shows up with PTSD, with Parkinson's disease, about 7 to 45%. uh, That's a wide range of people with Parkinson's um, also exhibit symptoms of anhedonia. It shows up with bipolar depression as well as ADHD. When the brain is not functioning well with its dopamine and serotonin regulation, they can also have their rewarding processes tampered with, which can lead to anhedonia. Probably more common is something called social anhedonia, where people have a disinterest in any social contact. And they just don't have pleasure in that social situation. So it looks like a social withdrawal. And these people will look totally indifferent to other people. It's not introversion, which is a non-pathological dimension of human personality, social anhedonia will actually show up as a a deficit in the ability to experience pleasure. Social anxiety also lacks that positive effect of, of social interaction, but also has an exaggerated negative effect to it. Social anxiety would be worse than social anhedonia. In the general population, males score higher than females on measures of social anhedonia. This could be based on genetic or hormonal characteristics that differ between males and females. Something that personally interests me, there is a specifier for anhedonia, which is specific musical anhedonia, where there's a recent study done in 2014 that showed that there are people who have no problem processing music. They hear the tones, they hear the beats, but they have, they don't receive any pleasure from listening to it. This is different than melaphobia melaphobia is actually the fear of music. They're not scared of it. They just don't get any pleasure from listening to it. I think that's fascinating. In any event, I hope you learned something. I know I definitely did. Thank you for um, doing my college work with me. Appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, ideas for an episode, shoot me an email at askmetherapy at gmail.com. Have a wonderful, wonderful day!